Oh, iyo, iyo. Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast. My name is Martin Thompson from the ITAM Review and this is episode 23. Today we have three pioneers uh, in the ITAM space, what I consider three pioneering and innovative companies working in the ITAM space. And they're very much invested in the future of the ITAM um, space and its growth. So I'm very keen to pick their brains about the future of ITAM and where ITAM is heading. So on today's podcast, I have Peter Zerger from Sorison, Martin Prendergast from Concord, and Kathy Wan from BDNA. So Peter, if I could come to you first of all, could you give a quick introduction to yourself and, and, and Sorison for those on the podcast that have not heard of Sorison? Absolutely. Thanks, Martin. Uh, so, so I am Pete Zerger. I'm a principal program manager at Cyrusen, and we are uh, an independent software vendor that focuses on ITSM and ITM solutions, primarily on the Microsoft stack today. Perfect. Thank you. And Martin um, from Concord, could I ask the same of you? Yes. Thank you, Martin. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Martin Brendergast. I am the CEO and co-founder of Concord. Uh, we are a software asset management platform provider, and we specialize in integrating with leading ITSM solutions and providing the information and actionable intelligence to businesses around their software application stack and licensing. And finally, Kathy, uh, welcome to the podcast, Kathy from BDNA. Could you introduce yourself? Thank you so much. This is Kathy Wan. I lead product management, at, uh, actually product marketing, excuse me at BDNA, and I'm happy to be here. And we are here in terms of being able to provide visibility to customers. We've been doing it for over a decade to enable better decisions around ITAM. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for all, all of you for joining uh, on the podcast. Um, so what we're seeing in the market is um, the ITAM function uh, that we've been tracking for, for nearly a decade now, uh, moving from, from an administrative and perhaps a back office function accounting function to being more strategic and helping with IT decision making and the overall um, strategy of IT. I'm not saying everyone's there, I'm not saying the whole uh, industry is there, but we're certainly moving in that direction. Um, so the first question to you is, are we there yet, do you think? Are we moving in that direction? Do you agree with that statement? And uh, how, how far is it that we need to travel before we're there? So perhaps, Peter, if I could come to you first, what, what's, what's your view on that? So, so I think to answer the, uh, the question succinctly, are we there yet? Uh, you know, absolutely not. I was, I was recently uh, speaking at an ITM conference, and I think the number one concern I heard from, from asset managers in the room was visibility around what it is they're using and where it's being used. So, so cloud, uh, was really an overriding concern and just lack of visibility. And I think that goes back to the realities of, of shadow IT right now. We know that uh, some 35-ish percent of IT spending is happening outside of IT. So, so asset managers out there are really struggling to get their arms around what it is they have and, and where their users are consuming. Martin? 
I agree that uh, the world has become much more complex. Um, you know, we're seeing different licensing models, we're seeing different delivery platforms, uh, we're including things like virtualization technologies, cloud, and bring your own device. Um, I think it's gone from counting assets, be that hardware, software, to actually delivering value from the information that you're collecting. So what we're seeing is that organizations are gathering a wealth of data around how they consume applications and software and how they deploy their assets. And there's a growing realization that this information could be used for more than just basic asset management or basic compliance. It can also underpin uh, initiatives like transformation management, change management, and CIO initiatives within the organization. But I agree with the comments earlier, there's a lot more work to be done because it is a complex environment these days and people don't have control of it yet. But is, is that the vision of where we're going or, we, or, or are you seeing actual customers there yet? I think um, we see customers who are awakening to the fact that they hold a wealth of data that can be used to really drive business decisions. Um, the challenges are getting that information, keeping it up to date and making sure it's accurate. But that changes like bring your own device, for example, is driving this sort of initiative within the organization. They have to change the way they're behaving. They have to change the way that they collect the information. But when they have it, um, and when they work on it, when they normalize this data, and when they start to reconcile it and using it, there's this realization that it goes beyond just sitting in the CMDB. Um, it can support um, IT service management, for example. It can support better decision making with the analytics that are available. So it's sort of baby steps at this point, but there is a growing realization that this information can be used to support better decision making. And, and Kathy, um, like the other two companies on the call, uh, BDNA is very much founded on aiding strategic decision making. Are your customers there yet? Yes, we've seen a good number of our customers have been very successful with what we offer with BDNA. You know, ITEM has always helped organizations from our vantage point to improve financial management of their IT resources, to optimize costs by providing, you know, greater insight and transparency into their IT spend, and as well as reducing, you know, risk of legal and financial and regulatory obligations and oppositions. Now, Instituting a common language or a common IT language enriched with that asset data has been a proven methodology for many of our customers to ensure that alignment and to mitigate risk and while reducing the unnecessary spending across an enterprise. But I agree with my, with the, uh, the others that have spoken that about how cloud, virtualization, compliance, mergers, audits have all introduced new complexities for IT asset managers in recent years. So, the influx of the Internet of Things, wearable technologies, and trends such as BYOD, as they reflected on too, will introduce even more new demand. But surely your customers, they have to have a certain level of maturity before they can start getting strategic and they need to get some of the basics underway. Uh, is that a hurdle for people adopting things like BDNA? I think that the, the, the offer that we have is that with the number of discovery tools out there and able, being able to utilize those tools to bring it down into, um, to introduce, to, to help people to visualize the visibility of what they have is very valuable. And certainly we've seen a lot of people do that with our products. The 
discovery tools out there, there are many of them, of which you know we are able to support over 50 of them to bring in that data and to help people to really realize what kind of data they have. We find that 95% of the data is not usable, and we help them to streamline that information so it is usable data. Right. And uh, Peter and Martin, you both mentioned in your introductions uh, ITSM, and I know that Kathy um, BDNA has connections with ITSM tools as well. So what's what's your view, guys, uh, on the on the convergence or the potential convergence between the worlds of ITAM and ITSM? What are you seeing there? Uh, this is Martin from Concord answering. Um, certainly in our field, um, software asset management, um, for years software asset management tends to have sat in splendid isolation away from the rest of the business, just concentrating on, on compliance. Uh, and obviously we were collecting hardware information that we do for our customers in order to gain insight into the licensing side of things. But there's this sort of realization today that the two work in parallel and the two complement each other. It's the, uh, the, the whole being greater than the sum of its parts when it comes to the two. So we integrate now with products like ServiceNow, with products um, like Landesk, in order to not just take information from uh, the hardware store where they collected the data, but pushing back into things like change management and incident management and problem management to give ITSM users the ability to really understand root cause problems, what lays behind it, what the issues are, and how they can provide a better service to the end users. Um, and there's this sort of growing realization, going back to this point I made earlier about data, that data shouldn't sit in a silo. Wherever you collect information within the organization, it should be made available to support other functions. And ITSM is an actual home to that. And Peter, I think you sit on both sides of the camp, don't you? What's your view? Because you're, you're striving both sides. Absolutely. I've always thought that was one of Cyrus's strengths in that that we we really bridge uh, those two elements quite nicely. And and ITAM and ITSM are inextricably linked if we if we think about it from a process perspective. You know, something as simple as users uh, consuming software on a self-service basis. You know, I go to I go to an enterprise portal, uh, select products that I would like to install, hit a button. And, and every sort of, of uh, aid to productivity and agility like that has a financial consequence on the back end. And once we, we find once customers have integrated ITAM and ITSM, they, they immediately, it, it shapes their decision making from that moment forward. It's in, they're inextricably linked. Because once, once you've seen the impact of uh, connecting uh, you know, the, the business and financial consequences that you can track with ITAM back to, to our processes with ITSM, we realize that we, you know, at that point we have visibility back into the, the financial impact in our change management, our release management, uh, our self-service. Uh, it, it's hard to have, it's, it's difficult to have one without the other. And, and in a world where we see uh, concepts, you know, I, ITSM is, is a big animal and, and a slow animal in the minds of some. And in a world where we see bimodal IT uh, increasingly surfacing as a topic, agile IT, ITSM, uh, you know, I think these, you know, the, the linkage of these two is going to become indelible at that point. How, how big a differential is it? Is ITSM, do you think, five times bigger, 10 times bigger, 20 times bigger? What's, what's this difference, do you think? 
you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to quantify. You know, if we if we think about ITSM from a process perspective, it's it's typically a process that an organization masters or, or at least uh, adopts in depth, comprehensively before they get to ITAM. You know, in, in a typical project cycle, uh, implementing new programs, ITSM is is pretty far along in in terms of. Uh, service request management, incident management, change management before ITAM really comes in there. I really see an organization developing an ITAM program as a sign of maturity within the organization, that they understand it's, it's about more than tracking just the, uh, the, the technical and service aspects of their organization. They want to, to now tap into the, the financial impacts as well. Yeah, we're seeing that from our ITSM review site as well. People do instant problem change and then reach a stage whereby they need to really get down and knuckle down and do asset properly. Indeed. So do you see, uh, do you see ITSM ultimately swallowing up ITAM as a, as a function and, and, and that's the future of ITAM? I don't see, I don't see one swallowing the other. I see, I see the two being viewed a little more holistically. As, as two elements of uh, a larger enterprise process. Uh, we, we can't, you know, in, in a world where consumption is going to become, consumption is already easy these days, right? Sprawl is a problem everyone has. You know, visibility into, into what is being consumed where with the proliferation of devices is a, is a universal uh, issue at this point. So we're going to see uh, just an, an increasing realization that we can't, we can't have that convenience without uh, the governance wrapped around it. That's really what ITAM is bringing to this equation is, is you know, an element of, of governance so we can reduce our waste, our, our spend, our uh, exposure. Right, absolutely. It's an interesting fact around um, ITAM that you know, the nature of how we, we consume uh, devices and, and use the platforms is changing, so ITAM is going to have to change to manage that as well. So we talked earlier about BYOD and, um, and employees starting to bring their own hardware um, to the organization. Increasingly, what we're seeing with the move to cloud is that people start to consume IaaS and PaaS and are moving their applications across. They no longer have responsibility for the data center. They no longer have the responsibility for the tin and the hardware that it sits on. But to go back to Peter's point, there's absolutely a governance requirement around it. They still need to know how it's running, how efficiently it's operating, what software they have sat on those devices, certainly if it's a bring your own license type environment. Um, and increasingly, what we see being driven by um, IT asset management as well is how well is the vendor performing in this uh, landscape where I'm consuming everything as a service. I may not own the asset, but I'm buying that in from elsewhere and it's being delivered under an SLA and a contract is how well is my service provider who's delivering this to me, uh, delivering value to me, and are they up to the job, are I being billed correctly, um, does the governance, governance framework exist around it to control the performance of that vendor and give me the protection I need as an organization. Right, so rather than the uh, technical builder of things, we're actually like, a, I think the, the, the buzzword is a broker, isn't it? A broker of services. Well, um, the dynamics of the industry are changing so that, uh, you know, the IT department isn't the natural 
uh, as it was previously, isn't the natural home of IT necessarily. They, they may not be procuring the service. It may be coming from a business unit outside IT. So there it becomes a challenge of being able to monitor and understand what the organization is using as opposed to going through a very fixed procurement process for it, making sure that checks and balances are in place so that control is there to make sure that the business is covered. Cathy, any points to add before we move on, or are you happy? No, I think that actually the, the core of it is that at the end of the day is that visibility is what you're saying is very critical. And once you've established that, the usage of that information within your framework is very key. I think, you know, very key to that is instituting a common language around that. So, for example, I think that the scope of responsibility of ITEM in the future will only extend, right? Because we're finding that once you have this common IT language about your asset data, you can do more things in terms of expanding into ITSM and other things as well. I think the scope of responsibility will expand beyond traditional IT hardware, software, and networking assets to maybe even other connected devices and digital mediums in the future, such as medical devices in the hospitals and in home care, healthcare devices or facilities, automotive devices, retail and point of sale devices, financial tools, facilities, and you know, when we talk about BYOD, we're talking about the smart home in the office. And so I see that scope responsibility expanding for ITIM. So on that point, where do you think, uh, we, we've had some really good discussions on our ITAM review forum recently around where ITAM should sit as a department because it doesn't seem to have a natural home. If you're um, looking at ITAM from a governance point of view, it might sit in um, audit or it might sit in finance. If you're doing it from a cost saving point of view, it might sit in procurement. If you're doing it from an ITIL or service management point of view, obviously it might sit in the service desk. Um, there isn't an obvious natural home for it. Do you, well, firstly, do you agree with that statement and do you think that's going to change over time? Do you think um, there's a natural home or should it be an isolated department within itself? This is Kathy from the beginning. I think that um, at the end of the day, all of these roles and responsibilities are somewhat within the IT framework. And so I think moving forward, you know, while it still reports into that function, I think you'll see it utilized as part of all those different functions. And it's about a process versus necessarily um, where it sits, per se. And so I think that at the end of the day, you know, there is still some sense that it's within that IT organization. Right. It's Martin here from Concord. I agree with Kathy saying, I think this is a discipline rather than the function that spans several departments across the whole organization. So procurement will um, consume the information. They will use that data to make better decision-making around procurement and cost savings. It will be driven by the IT service management team who will be using, again, the information to make the right decision based on uh, the calls from the business. Um, the physical CMDB may sit within ITSM or elsewhere. Um, and there will be people with responsibility for the data collection and the tools and making sure that it all flows up to the centre, so it spans many people across many disciplines. But surely somebody has to have ownership. The buck needs to stop somewhere, doesn't it? Is there a natural home for the buck to stop? Well, so you see, you, this is this is Peter here. Uh, you, you do see, 
asset management many times living within IT. I think organizations do this that do this right understand it for what it is. It's, it's a, a bridge uh, between uh, the technical and the and the, the financial. So you know, IT, the ITM program is a natural bridge between the IT department and the, the strategic decision making we have in the executive branch. Uh, so whether it sits in in finance or IT or or audit, I think is not as important as you know, the stakeholders you bring in if you if you treat this as the the overarching function it is. And organizations that do this right, I've, I've seen a, a typical ITM meeting from week to week, including uh, people from IT, uh, a controller, someone from procurement, the CTO uh, from IT. So we saw we saw stakeholders from throughout the business. Uh, that, that understood the strategic value of the program as they were developing. And as we see as SaaS, you know, the public cloud proliferate, as we see the Internet of Things come into play here, data security is going to be as big or a bigger issue than software licensing itself. So we're going to see uh, ITAM uh, evolving in, in its role in ways that I think many of our asset managers don't yet appreciate. So, so where it lives, I think, is less important than understanding its its value as a process and stakeholders from which area of the areas of the business uh, who need a voice in in development of that process so for the listeners on the call that are perhaps thinking about their careers and and they're invested in itam and they want to continue in itam what does what does that mean in terms of a skills gap what sort of we've talked about brokers and about you know, managing different vendors and services, and also these different um, asset types that you mentioned, like data. What does that mean for their skill base, and what what should they be looking for? Do you think? I think so. So, Peter, again, I think from a skills perspective, it means that our traditional asset manager needs to branch out at at a lightly technical level. You know, level one hundred, they need to understand uh, the usage patterns within their organization. So, so how. Uh, device and software usage are evolving. Uh, they need to to you know, have some awareness around the problem of shadow IT and how other organizations are solving that problem. And at the end of the day, and I, there's there's a great uh, industry research organization that conducted a survey that I enjoyed, and uh, you know they were, they were talking about uh, the reality that three and four ITM program managers don't have. KPIs. They, they don't understand you know, how to measure success within their program. So I think in this evolving world, the successful asset manager is, is not only going to be one who can deliver great results, but who has the, uh, the data and the ability to, to, uh, to process, that, process that data into information they can use to, to demonstrate their financial results to the, uh, to the larger organization. I think I'd add to that that they also need to be very good communicators. Um, the, the days of centralized control are, um, have changed, and this is no longer a question of, it's my, I'm mandating it from the center, it will be this way, and you will follow me. It's important that they can sell the benefits to the organization, and they understand why they're aligned behind IT asset management and what the benefits are. Because as we've seen, and we talked about shadow IT, the organizations and employees, in particular in the organization, can circumnavigate processes that they're not satisfied with, that don't suit the way that they work today. 
and there's an unchanging employee workforce that are much younger that are used to doing business, or sorry, are used to communicating on phones and using social media, and they bring that work methodology into, or so they bring that approach into work with them, and they expect to be able to work like that along similar lines, and that blurring between in work and out of work, and the modern asset manager has to be able to maintain control, deliver all the benefits that the organization needs, get that data that's required for that centralized picture, and then be able to use that to support decision-making and integrate with ITSM. But they have to sell the business benefits, and they have to take people on the journey with them, and they can't just mandate it, because those days of those sorts of dinosaurs, I believe, are over. Because if you look at the traditional item role, I mean, it could be quite a technical one. It could be quite a, you know, an inventory-heavy technical role, and that communication wouldn't naturally be a, an asset for that person. Uh, or maybe it would, I don't know. Yeah, I, you, you, you've got to be a diplomat. You have to engage with stakeholders throughout the organisation, and you have to get those stakeholders to understand the benefit. And that's going to be from senior uh, stakeholders, where you're talking about um, reduced time to implement their initiatives or better ROI or cost savings, etc., down to the employee level, which is why would I stick something on my personal device to understand what's on there or to track it? What's the benefit to me? So how are you going to manage that? So I think there it's about communicating to them benefits around um, ease of access to applications is a, a simple example. I mean, a good initiative that forward-thinking organizations use is they have app stores internally. So they give the employees choice about what it is that they want to use to allow them to be productive. So they're not dictating, you will use this. This is the company spec, this is the company model. We're seeing initiatives like BYOD where people are organizations are contributing to it. They're allowing people to bring what they want and they're paying some of the bill for that hardware. Or they go to the app store and they can choose the application that best suits their requirements from a framework where it's pre-selected by the organization. So they're doing it in an engaging way. It's the illusion, the illusion of choice. Yeah, it is, but you're right. But it's an engaging way that stops them going outside the framework and creating this challenge of shadow IT. So it is an illusion, but at least they feel they're part of it and it's not being they're not being dictated to. And and through you know modern ITFM products like ServiceNow, it, they have the ability to start to communicate back again and say freely, this doesn't suit me, I require something else. And rather going through a long-winded email type process with sign-off by managers at various levels all the way through and very bureaucratic, what they're doing is they're having um, fluid conversations with people who can make decisions very quickly and empower the user to go outside what they um, outside the standard framework and get something else. So it's about choice, and it's about actually it's about making the company the best place for the employees to work, so that they stay there and they feel part of it, not um, dictated to. So it's almost pulling upon things like business manager skills, isn't it, to see what's the bigger picture, what's the overall arching goal of the company and, and what are individuals looking to do within that and the ability to see the bigger picture. Absolutely, I agree. This is Kathy from BDNA. I think the future of ITAM will require, you know, innovative and proactive approaches in order to provide, you know, insight to the new financial and legal implications that will develop in this new age of, you know, the connected device management. 
expanded scope of responsibility will definitely impact new legal implications. So you're going to have new demands for, you know, quick and lean solutions to match the rate of change. So final question for you is what, what we've talked about a lot of topics or, or a high level like shadow IT and uh, bring your own device and cloud virtualization. Um, what are your customers or your partners or your prospective customers, what are they struggling with or, or wrestling with at the moment? What projects are front of mind when you're talking to them? Uh, so, Peter, if I could perhaps come to you first. Certainly. Thank you, Martin. So, so I think, uh, you know, when, when I look at customers who are struggling with ITAM in particular, I, I think software asset management is where they tend to struggle more. Uh, you know, we understand that licensing is lagging behind technology at this point, so, so the, the cloud economy and proliferation of a virtualization has made uh, tracking what you use very difficult. Uh, so, so we see our, our asset managers struggling with, with really discovery and, and consumption of inventory data, uh, which doesn't tend to be a problem for us with you know, Osiris and universal connectors. We, can, we want to help customers get into you know, SQL databases, those remote web service type data sources. Uh, but I think there are some emerging challenges with regards to hardware asset management. So as, as our asset management program is collecting all of this data into some central CMDB, we have a lot of information about the devices users have in hand that they're, they're using to consume services. And when we think about data as an asset, that sort of breathes new life into our hardware asset management program and the, the potentially the new insights we can provide to the business with that existing data. Uh, and, and I think finally, it, it's bridging that gap between ITSM and ITAM. So, so to Martin's point, you know, he mentioned that vendor management is becoming increasingly important. Uh, and that's a, a core component of any ITSM program is, is some sort of customer satisfaction survey. So you can take, you can reuse some of those existing ITSM functions to, uh, to bridge gaps uh, for, for you know, basically good results in, in ITAM. So vendor management, I think, is just one simple example of how we, we bridge that gap uh, to, to bring these two together. But when we see customers, you know, asset managers in particular, stepping outside their comfort zone and embracing uh, the, these new realities and bringing stakeholders in from across the business, more than worrying about where you know, their ITAM uh, you know, department is, is uh, seated, those are the folks we see being successful in the future. Just on your uh, data point there, it, um, you, you could argue it's an asset and it's a, it's a big challenge, but is it, isn't that more just the um, responsibility of InfoSec and there's a whole department for that and a different budget and different level of risk? Is that is are you seeing your customers actually pull that into ITAM as a as a as a requirement? So I think it's less about pulling it into ITAM and more about ITAM informing business units in areas where they can provide value. So from an ITAM perspective, if I can bring someone from InfoSec into my board, think of that that weekly ITAM meeting or that monthly ITAM meeting much like a change approval board. I have the stakeholders from my organization that have something to gain from the program or something to add in the room and so as as an itam program manager if i can 
uh, inform InfoSec that I have visibility into device usage, for example, that enables them to tap uh, my CMDB as a data source as they inform uh, the larger organization to reduce risk, to, to cut costs from their perspective. I, I think ITAM plays a very important role, even if it's not a central role. It, it's all about ITAM uh, providing and communicating its collective value to the larger organization in that sense. Absolutely. Perfect. Thank you. And Martin, finally, if I could come to you, um, what, what are your customers um, struggling with at the moment? Or what, what are they most commonly talking to you about when you go to talk to them? Sure. Um, I would say it was keeping them awake at night. I think uh, the challenges are more around uh, managing successful transformation. So they want to embrace it, and normally it's, it's pushed from on high. So the CIO will push initiatives around transformation, around technology that are going to give competitive advantage to the organization or deliver other benefits. And what we're seeing, and particularly with technology like cloud, is in their rush to adopt and gain that advantage so they don't necessarily have considered the licensing implications beforehand and then how they manage that against their, their asset management environment. So on the desktop, for example, as they move to Office 365, there is a lack of understanding around how subscription model works on multiple devices and being able to track multiple devices for users. Uh, and then when we get to things like um, platform and infrastructure as a service, we are seeing our customers migrating their applications to platform as a service and virtualized environments, but not really understanding how they can track it and manage it when it moves to those environments and what the consequences from a licensing perspective, particularly around vendors like Oracle and IBM. So what we do as an organization is we have um, modeling, scenario planning and modeling built into our own platform that allows them to uh, walk through these changes from a hardware and a software and a licensing and a resource and a cost perspective before they implement them to understand what the consequences are and being able to model the, the licensing environment that they need coming out the other side so they, they achieve the benefits they look for and not retrospectively realize that the whole thing needs to be repurchased or remodeled um, and they have to go back to their vendor and renegotiate because of it. So it's understanding what they have helping them plan it, implement the successful transformation, and then once they move forward, being able to, to manage that from a cost, governance, and compliance perspective uh, on an ongoing basis. Thank you. So you've been listening to the ITAM Review podcast, and you've been listening to uh, myself, Martin Thompson, from the ITAM Review. Uh, thank you to Peter Zerger from Cyrusen, Martin Prendergast from Concord, and Kathy Wan from BDNA. Uh, and so until next time, that's been the ITAM Review Podcast. Uh, thanks very much, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Martin. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye.
oh, 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 oh. <laughs>